0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Bear Guys and Tua T Fitness.
1: So I just like, just start saying it. Shantz and Chu okay. are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. That? Okay. Shantz and Chu are washing their mouths out with soap because the How Dare You podcast contains explicit language.
0: Hello and welcome to the How Dare You Podcast. This is Oh boy, the Doolittle Edition. My name is Michael Schantz. I am from the How Dare You Awards. With me, as always, in this somewhat frustrating adventure is my friend and yours, Lady Chu. Say hi to the good people, Lady Chew.
1: Hey guys, this movie is something else. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't really have words. I don't know what happened.
0: It is hard to come up with words to describe this fucking movie. I'll tell you that much. I mean, what what are your first and first mostly thoughts?
1: You know, I, I think we're both big fans of Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah. Um, you know. he can almost do no wrong. He's so good.
0: Well, that's obviously not true. And that's
1: why I said almost. He can almost do <laughs> no wrong. At the end of the day, I'd like to think that he had fun doing this movie. But it wasn't great. Well. It wasn't his it best work. It doesn't seem
0: like it. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. He seems.
1: Uncomfortable? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Subdued.
1: The accent is strange.
0: He sounds like I don't
1: know
0: Mrs. Doubtfire in this movie, (laughs) but like a baritone Mrs. Doubtfire, like a lower octave Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: I don't I don't know where he's so instead of
0: saying hello, he would say hello.
1: Yeah, I yes, I I agree.
0: It's everything about this fucking movie is strange, including all right. Chew, this is a. Well, I suppose when this episode comes out, it'll be 2021, thankfully. Yeah. But, but we are recording this in the waning days of the year 2020, and this movie came out in 2020, in January. The fucking dumping ground <laughs> for terrible movies, January and February. This movie was pushed back twice, Chu. Oh, wow. Like, it was supposed to be re- released in, I think, April or something like that of 2019. They kept pushing it back. They push it back once. Then they pushed it back a second time. And then finally they pushed it back again and released it in January. I think they knew what they had.
1: But wouldn't they have known what they had before they actually started filming?
0: Well, it does. Yeah. I mean, it does make you wonder who the fuck thought this was a good idea. Why did anybody say yes?
1: And he not only acted in it, but he produced it.
0: Yeah.
1: Ooh. I, it's not offensively this... bad. It's just bad. Like I wasn't no, offended. Offensively I bad. I wasn't offended. I'm also a huge animal lover, so that kind of like reeled me in a tiny bit. Okay. Um. So it's not. I'm not pissed at the movie. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I needed more from him. You know.
0: All right. Well, we'll you know, obviously, the 2020 How Dare You Awards are not out yet. So we don't have any nominations for this movie yet, but we're going to get to that in a moment. First, I want to talk about this movie is directed by Stephen Gagan Chu, somebody you don't know, I'm sure. <laughs> but this is the man who wrote and directed Siriana, wrote and I think won an Academy Award for the movie Traffic. Wow you know, we got some good shit going on here. But also, those two movies do not seem to at all mesh with even the idea of writing and directing Doolittle.
1: I'm ugh. I'm thinking...
0: But based just on Seriana and especially, like, Traffic, like, you know, this guy's a genius writer yeah. and a really solid director. And Robert Downey Jr., who doesn't love Robert Downey Jr.? So you got some geniuses coming together to make a heaping pile of steamy dog shit. I think And it makes me sad.
1: Yes. It it is kind of sad. Like I said, disappointed, not upset, but I'm disappointed. I'd like to right. think you know, did did these guys get on board with this movie because they have kids and they're like, let's do something for our kids. Let's do something for the kids. Like you don't need to do that. Right. You don't need to do that.
0: I yeah. That happens all the time when a director or somebody starts having kids and they decide that they want to do something for them and their work suffers for it.
1: Yeah, you don't need... I don't
0: like that. I can't think of a specific <laughs> example right now, but I think that happens a lot.
1: Yeah, because everybody's... Uh, most, I think, big actors or actresses have done like uh, a movie like this You know, they do the serious stuff and they're like, okay, let's lighten it up a little bit. You don't need to lighten Mm -hmm. it up. No one's asking you to do that. There are specific there's a specific group of (laughs) actors and actresses who do well on these types of movies. And you don't need to do that. You don't need to explore. Lady Chu is
0: advocating for staying dark.
1: (laughs) Yes, that makes good fucking movies. Stay dark. If that's what you're comfortable (laughs) with, just stick with it. But what the fuck do I know? I'm a nobody.
0: That's not true, Chu. I mean, it's true in the sense of Hollywood. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <But>.
1: thanks. <laughs> You're half right.
0: <laughs> Me too.
1: Also, I feel like, you know, there was a ton of people, popular
0: yes.
1: actors in this movie. And I think a lot of times when that happens, when you have too much talent coming together, everybody just kind of washes everybody out. Like, what are
0: those Maybe. What are those
1: terrible movies? uh Like Valentine's Day.
0: Oh, yeah. I was just going to say Valentine's Day. He's just
1: not that into you or he's just not into you or whatever. Like those aren't.
0: He's just not that into you. Nominated for title that's uh, best fits a porno movie.
1: (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Those movies aren't good and they have too many people in them.
0: Yeah. This movie has five Oscar winners and four more Oscar nominees.
1: Nobody needed to be in this movie that was in this Holy movie. Holy
0: fucking shit. Let's go down the list. Robert Downey Jr. is in this. Antonio Banderas is in this. Michael Sheen is in this. Jim Broadbent, he's an Academy Award winner. Uh, Emma Thompson, Academy Award winner. Rami Malik, uh, Academy Award winner. John Cena. Octavia Spencer. Octavia Spencer. Left. Two times, I think. Two time Academy Award winner. She's fucking talented. Literally, the only thing she's doing here is mistaking, as a duck, mistaking celery for <laughs> doctor's tools. <laughs> That's her one joke the whole fucking time. Yeah.
1: She deserves better.
0: Oh, man. Add to the list Ray Fiennes, Tom Holland, Kumail Nanjani. Fucking love that guy. Uh, Marion Cotier is in this movie yeah for like seventeen seconds a. F- Craig Robinson is in this movie yeah Craig Robinson is basically the only positive point I have for this whole fucking movie
1: <laughs> I liked him. I liked the squirrel. I wasn't upset about it yeah
0: he made me laugh
1: sidebar I waited on him at Slater's and he was awesome. So cool. Down to earth. Had a good time. Made jokes. He was with his family. I think his sister was with him. Everybody was great. It was one of the highlights of my entire serving career. Loved him. So oh, nice. made my nice. whole day. Yeah. Super cool. And he drank Bud Light, which I was surprised. <laughs> I think he'd asked for something else, and I was like, well, we have Bud Light. He's like, ugh,
0: okay. And did Pete run over there and try to drink with him?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if Pete was there.
0: <laughs> We've mentioned family friend Pete before. He's he's a fan of the Bud Light.
1: And a listener. Thanks, Pete.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chew, this movie had a budget. Oh, my God. This movie had... That's, that's the other thing. It's like this movie appeared to have said no to nothing. It had a budget of $175 million. It only made $77 million in the USA, which to me seems high.
1: Absolutely too high.
0: <laughs> it did, however, make $245.8 million worldwide, cumulatively.
1: Really? So, so surprisingly, they made money. I don't money. know. I'm thinking that all the actors went and saw the movie multiple times. So they spent their own money to to, to jack up. The The cast
0: brought in a hundred million (laughs) dollars worth of revenue. If we don't see this, nobody will. (laughs) All right. So like, let's talk about, we mentioned this earlier. Doolittle came out in uh, 2020, (laughs) the worst year ever came out in January. So Can you think of any How Dare You Awards it may get nominated for? You said you were disappointed, so would you nominate it for Biggest Disappointment? Because, I mean, were you really looking forward to this movie? No,
1: I mean, you can, right off the bat, the previews, like, it's not like your expectations are set really high and then you watch it and you're disappointed. So I can't say that it would definitely, uh,. I don't think it should be in that category of biggest disappointment. But what's the other category? I don't think it could be. With, like, most forgettable performance by an Oscar winner.
0: By Oscar-winning actor or actress. That's an interesting sidebar just in the sense of because all the Oscar winners are animals. So do you hold them to account for that? (laughs) (laughs) You know? You could.
1: (laughs) Well, yes, they agreed but, to do the movie, so yes, you're accountable.
0: Right. Yeah. Now, the, the the one that I sticks out to me certainly is least successful reboot or remake. Yeah. I mean, this goes to the top of that fucking list, as far as I'm concerned. I mean,
1: was the original uh, uh, how 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 high on the bar do we hold the original?
0: Well, the original. Oh, chew! I'd love it if I got this right. I'm going to look it up. I want to say 1957. There was a musical version of this movie. And that was the first one. And Dr. Doolittle. Nah, damn it. 1967. I was a decade off, Chew. Just missed that five to the the six. So 1967. But then you had like the 1998 Dr. Doolittle with uh, Eddie Murphy. And that movie, I guess, was popular enough to spawn a sequel, which was probably around 2001, I want to say. So there have been incarnations of this story before. I don't know if I'm right in this. I want to say that this particular one is supposed to follow the book a little bit more. Having never read the book or books, I think there's more than one. I could not say. All I could say was, "Is uh, you know, unmitigated disaster." Yeah. Sorry, not sorry.
1: Well, now having known that there's a book, it kind of makes sense because this does seem like a story that would be in a book.
0: Oh, so much so that they, you know, start with a fucking cartoon at the beginning.
1: I was surprised. You know, just to
0: just to handle some exposition. Didn't see that coming. So, but I would also say movie, well, no, I guess not. I was going to say movie you least wanted to see you could nominate this for, but it made even $77 million in the USA. Usually for that category, I have a hard, it has to make less than $10 million at the box office (laughs) to nominate it for that award. bare minimum. But maybe most ridiculous concept, I mean...
1: Yeah. I mean, I the guy know. talks to animals. And a polar bear lives in England. Like what the fuck is happening?
0: Yeah, polar bear that's always cold <laughs> and yeah. would like to warm up. All right. Ugh, this was So, you know, stay tuned everyone. <laughs> You'll find out.
1: <laughs> this was strange. What awards
0: this monstrous movie gets nominated for? Chew, how long is your list of grievances?
1: Ugh. Okay. So before I say I think I had another, uh, it was another situation where I, I just watched the movie and then I knew that there were, I at points where I wasn't making notes, I thought, I could be making notes here, but I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't even know what I need to be making notes about because it's all just, eh, eh. so I have 12. I deserved more, but I just didn't know what to put because I, I don't know. You had what? I had 12. 12? I just didn't, you know, I just just didn't know what to write notes about. Like, it was bad, but I didn't know what specific, like, "Eh, this is bad.
0: I have a grievance with your list of grievances. Well,
1: that makes two of us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do understand what you're saying, because at certain, they're, like, you have grievances with Entire sections.
1: Yeah. Like.
0: You know what I I'm mean? I'm supposed to. I, it's... And they go on forever. A long
1: time. A long time. Like
0: when they get on that boat to go to the pirate island. Yeah. You could just blanket that as one long grievance.
1: Absolutely. However,
0: within that, I find subsets of grievances like the whale harness.
1: Yeah, that was a note in there for sure. What
0: the f- I knew that the whale was going to help them. I knew the whale was going to propel them somehow. I thought the whale was just going to get behind the boat and push it. <laughs> no, we have an eight-minute scene involving a polar bear and Doolittle himself in scuba gear in what is presumably Victorian England. Yeah. Uh, sashaying out into the sea, sassing up a whale harness, which the whale gets into. Do I have that right? (laughs) Yeah. That is one long fucking grievance.
1: I think I have one note, and I'm assuming it's in regards to that, and it's just, what the fuck is happening? For a long time. (laughs) That scene was too long. You know, I think I didn't have as many notes because it didn't piss me off. I was just like, okay, we're doing this.
0: I, I guess you're angry, right in that it you know. I can't say it made me mad, but I was so astonished and so baffled by this movie. Yeah. Everything about it's baffling. Do you, how many positive points did you have?
1: Uh 5 and half of them are <laughs> in regards to the mice at the beginning of the movie because fun fact i'm a huge or was a huge cinderella fan when i was a kid and Uh there's obviously mice who hang out with her and help her make dresses and help her do chores and blah 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 but i'd like to to make sure that everybody knows i did not like i didn't watch cinderella for cinderella i watched cinderella because i was in love with the evil stepmother I love
0: the (laughs) villains. Of course you were. I love the villains. (laughs) What a monster. And I
1: would always make my my grandma play Cinderella with me, but I would make her be Cinderella and sweep the floor, and I would boss her around and be the stepmother. And there's video footage. There's proof.
0: Holy shit. Yep. Well, little Chew can use these videos at your committal hearing or to explain to the judge what went wrong so early. Or.
1: And you know what? You can really see it because there's a couple of times in the, the videos that my grandma had to check me. She's like, okay, it's too bossy. I'm like, okay. And I had to write it back.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love that in your fantasy land, you're the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sweep it up, bitch. (laughs) Up, too bossy. (laughs) Oh, shit. Well, listen, I had really uh, only three positive points, but two of them just have to do with Craig Robinson. Or I guess three. When he said he was going to haunt their house if the surgery didn't go well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. When, uh, when they're trying to get the kid who's riding the giraffe onto the boat. And Craig Robinson, as the squirrel, kind of gets up onto the, you know, the ship railing and says, he's coming to finish the job. Because <laughs> he thinks this kid just <laughs> yeah. wants to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Not unreasonable since the movie starts with the child shooting him. And then... There's so much, like, ridiculous boy humor, which, like, I'm not, you know, look, I like a good fart joke, but removing armor from the ass of a dragon, which causes the world's biggest fart, not really very funny, but the fact that it made the squirrel flip back over into a rock, that did make me laugh.
1: (laughs) I can't tell you... How genuinely surprised I was that he gave the dragon a colonoscopy. I just like that was in the climax of the movie. What is what? Right. Right. And just to set like I I agree. We obviously enjoy toilet humor because just before we started recording, we spent 15 minutes talking about some serious toilet humor and thoroughly enjoyed it. This doesn't quite fit into that. Yeah. What the? I was so confused.
0: Well, all right. Let's leave it there for now. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll discuss what happens in this movie, which is convoluted to say the least. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: Deal? Deal. All right. We'll be right back, everyone. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California. But even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. You'll watch The Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook, and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, the beer professional, and Steven Weiss, self-proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. Everybody wants the perfect combination of malt and hops in your life. And Dan Aker and Steven Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Find them. You're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows. So go ahead and check out the Vegas Spear Guys. What a great time. And we're back. Chu and I are here discussing the 2020 film Doolittle. All right, you. We've talked about our grievances. We have talked about our very few positive points. (laughs) What How Dare You Awards this might get nominated for. Let's fucking talk about this movie. For starters, this movie, once again, not unlike. um, Oh, shit, I forgot. What's the Hugh Jackman movie? That we hate.
1: Uh, Van Helsing.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, Van Helsing. This movie starts with music over the opening credits mm-hmm. that make me go, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh.
1: They really set the tone right away. This yeah. Is what you're in for.
0: And then it's followed by... Well, I saw three things in succession, heard and/or saw three things in succession that made me think, "Oh no!" One was the music, right over the Universal logo. The second was uh, some of the other distributors, which was RK Films, which I'd never heard of before, so that was alarming. And then it started with the animation, with the exposition dump, and I thought, "Okay, well, <laughs> this movie's gonna be garbage."
1: <laughs> I was genuinely surprised about the, uh, the animation in the beginning. Yeah. Also, I mean, it makes sense because you don't see his wife in any of the previews. And, okay, that being said, I've only seen two previews, I think, total. hmm Uh, so it makes sense that they're like, hey, she existed, but now she's fucking dead. I'm like, okay, so, okay, this is a little morbid. Got it.
0: Well, and that's the thing is like he's so sad and dark that you can't let Robert Downey Jr. be his full charming self.
1: great point. Like right? He you know, a lot of times when you when you see him, you see Tony Stark or Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. is yeah. Tony Stark.
0: Oh, he is Iron Man,
1: yeah. um, this is not that movie that personality didn't get a chance to come through at all. Yeah. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the one of the reasons Ruder. why I watch a Robert Downey Jr. movie cuz I want to see him.
0: Yeah, I mean I, you know, I suppose that's true. I just it sold itself as he's the eccentric doctor who can hear and talk to animals. And it is that but the sad sack version of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't need Dr. to be fucking depressed the whole fucking movie and sad. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean there was just so much at the beginning. He's playing chess with the gorilla. They've got this Hunt for Red October voice switch. Oh yeah. Have you seen the Hunt for Red October chew?
1: Yes. Oh.
0: I was about to log a grievance.
1: (laughs) No need yet. All
0: right. Like in in Hunt for Red October, they, you know, it's really great where, you know, some guy, a political officer is speaking in Russian on the boat and they zoom in on his mouth and then he starts speaking English and they zoom back out. And they do a version of that in this movie that A, feels like a ripoff and also wasn't done as well and just kind of bothered me. (laughs) So this movie is like 10 minutes in and has pissed me off like 17 times. Yeah. But the crux of this movie, Chu, or should we let you tell us the plot?
1: Oof. Okay. We have a
0: full like 17 minutes left for this segment, so.
1: <laughs> Dick.
0: No, I'm kidding. You're getting much better. You can do it quick now. Right. What's so- this movie about?
1: A super depressed doctor who (laughs) talks to animals that he's rescued or rehabilitated in England has to now save the queen Mm -hmm. because why not? And then they go on a huge adventure to find the antidote for the poison she's been ingesting that's been given to her by her, I don't know, peers. I don't even know what
0: the fuck. Yeah, Lord Thomas Badgley. Yeah. It's Jim Broadbent. Yeah. Let's just say it's Jim Broadbent. Bad guy. Not cool.
1: He's a bad dude. And that about sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. Riveting, right? But.
0: (laughs) Uh, Gripping. (laughs) I'm on the edge of my seat already. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, can I ask you this? What did you think of Michael Sheen okay. as the Uber bad guy in this movie?
1: That's the third time you've asked me that question today. Like that lead up question. And I'm surprised every time you ask. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm super intrigued. Every time you've said, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, ooh, what do you <laughs> <ask>? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> I mean, two of the first two weren't even recorded. They had nothing to do with the
0: the podcast. The but... podcast. Um, we were just talking about wiping buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 These are our off-air conversations. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe we should record. We those should for like probably a be color.
0: on air, shouldn't we?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> fuck. Um, Michael Sheen. I really like Michael Sheen. Mm -hmm. This was not his best work.
0: Okay, so I'm. Obviously. I'm of two minds about that because, on one hand, Michael Sheen seems to be the only person in this movie that knows what movie he is in.
1: (laughs) Actually, that's a really good point.
0: However. (laughs) However. Because the movie itself doesn't even know what movie it is, he looks out of place. And so everything he does seems like too over the top. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's because Robert Downey Jr. is so subdued.
1: That's a really good point.
0: I can't decide if Michael Sheen is the genius of this movie or... Uh, the asshole of this movie.
1: I think he might be the genius. I really to like... To Robert
0: Downey he... Jr.'s taint.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I feel so guilty not liking Robert Downey Jr. in this movie because I love him so much. I feel guilty Well, of shit.
0: I... I'm not... I'll say this too. I don't know that it's completely his fault. This movie obviously... There's ADR all over this place because yes. the, you know, all the animals. But even the animals, it see if this movie feels to me like there were so many rewrites going on. There's so many strange, weird camera angles of Robert Downey Jr. So often that he looks kind of far removed from the movie. He seems as a as a character, the character seems uninterested in what's happening And I think that they were doing different lines of dialogue trying to fix what they thought was messy. And so you're seeing him from the side or from the back or from the, you know, from down below or from down above. So that you can't see that his lips aren't matching up with what he's actually speaking. And I think there was a lot of that going on in this movie. Also, fun fact, Nicolas Cage turned down the role of King Rasul, who was played by Antonio Banderas. And when Nicolas Cage is starting to make the right choices, you got to be worried. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Because I feel like he'll do anything. He should. Yeah. (laughs) I I heard he's having financial issues.
0: Yeah, he seems at the very least to have fallen out of favor. With major studio pictures,
1: yeah, it's because and you bought say a what you will, foot. this
0: is one of those. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, that was but a red flag. like this,
0: this whole movie feels like uh, just messy. Yeah, like the scene of a crime <laughs> that needs like a Sherlock Holmes level detective to come in and figure out what the fuck happened. Yeah. You need to pull Robert Downey Jr. out of the Sherlock Holmes three sequel (laughs) to come figure out what happened in the Doolittle movie.
1: That'd be an interesting movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like this is a movie that makes me want to apologize to the movie Cats.
1: Oh no no no. It's too far. I haven't watched Cats, and you're not going to get me to watch Cats.
0: Oh, at some point we'll watch Cats. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, fucking A, right. We're going to watch Cats at some point.
1: <laughs> Another example of having too many big actors in one fucking movie. And stop Maybe. singing. Quit singing. Stop it. No. Shh. <laughs> no. Uh, so Here's something that really here? bothers
0: me about this movie. Throughout the movie, I mean, we're set in, like, Victorian England, correct?
1: Yeah. Are you going to talk about the ship? Because that bugged me.
0: Well, what I was going to talk about was you have John Cena as the polar bear, and he must have said the word bro. A lot. More than a dozen times in this movie. So it's like, bro, we got to do this. Bro, we got to do that. Robert Downey Jr., towards the beginning of the movie, sticks his face into the aquarium in which lives an octopus. And he's trying to get information as to what has happened in the queen's room. And the octopus apparently says, snitches get stitches.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What?
0: What the fuck?
1: No one said that then.
0: No, who wrote this movie?
1: It's like they forgot what what period this was supposed to be in.
0: Oh my goodness gracious, it's so upsetting.
1: And the queen just doesn't send out her kid willy-nilly by herself to go seek the help of a depressed, potentially deranged guy who talks to animals. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, it seems like she did it of her own accord, no?
1: Then no one's watching her? There's a gazillion people at Buckingham Palace, and she just walked out the front door? I don't By I the
0: way, so. that little girl, I mean, I think she's like 15 years old or something. Like, She comes off as the best actor in the entire movie.
1: I didn't get that. <laughs> 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 not, she wasn't terrible, but she didn't wow me. Uh, But there was also a lot of other distracting things going on in the movie, so.
0: I'll say. I kept thinking to myself, I'd like to see more of her. I'd like her to go on the trip and leave that little boy at home with his hunting dad.
1: His parents sucked. I'm glad he ran away. (laughs) In fact, that was a positive point. I said, Run, kid. Your parents are dicks. I'm glad
0: he ran away. (laughs) Oh, fuck. All right. So you have a reluctant hero who is trying to save the queen. And he's also reluctant to even have the little boy in his life. The little boy gets on the ship via help of the fox and the giraffe. Both of which end up not going with them. And then they take the boat. They're being chased by Michael Sheen at the order of Jim Broadbent. And then they get to Pirate Island. Do I have all that right? Yes. I am, by the way, I mean, we are rapidly talking over easily 90 minutes of this movie. (laughs)
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe not
0: 90. No. But, like, this is the first hour of the movie. Just them, uh, like, trying to convince Doolittle to go and then on the fucking boat.
1: I don't have words. I feel like I say that a lot. But, I mean, it's the nature of the movies that we choose to watch or that you make me watch. Uh...
0: Don't blame me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're in this together. We have to stay united, Chew. <laughs> Don't be a dick. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: I think I was just surprised by every turn in the plot. Like, I didn't anticipate them being chased by Michael Sheen. I didn't anticipate them getting whales involved. Didn't anticipate them going to Pirate Island. Didn't anticipate right. uh, Antonio Banderas being his father-in-law.
0: Father-in-law, right. Ugh. It's a lot.
1: I was surprised. I, I mean, if it's one thing that I can give credit to, I I wasn't... What am I trying to say? I was surprised by every everything in the movie. Nothing. I didn't see anything coming. <laughs> I couldn't have guessed. How could you? I don't know. That's a fair question.
0: Well, and even like cuz there are things or people in the movie who are funny. You know, I mean, who doesn't like Jason Manzukas? Oh yeah, he's good. He's got lots of funny shit, okay? But, you know. Yeah. He's he's but, on Big Mouth. Like who like you 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 can get behind Jason Manzukas. He's fucking great. Yeah. But what I take issue with is why is this clumsy, forgetful Dragonfly being put in charge of trying to get what is it? They need the magic book,
1: they need the journal.
0: The journal, yeah, they need his wife's, his dead wife's journal, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that was funny.
0: And this is undead. You're a monster who laughs at misfortune, that's why <laughs> you were thinking that that is a great. Album title Dead Wife's Journal. <laughs> but Doolittle sends the forgetful dragonfly and the child to go get the journal from Antonio Banderas. Not cool.
1: No, it's because he's scared of them. Scared.
0: And then, of course, it's all just doesn't matter because they all get caught anyway. Yeah. And then they're chained up. Let me ask you this. Do, are are do you think most of the animals look good, the CGI animals?
1: I think they definitely look CGI. <laughs> they play their <laughs> fucking fake. I,
0: mean- I guess why I'm asking is because I thought that on some level most of the animals worked for what they wanted this movie to do. But then we got to the tiger, and the tiger played by Ray Fiennes, looks significantly shittier than the other animals, CGI wise to me.
1: Well, he's depressed and sad and his mom doesn't love him and he has this sibling rivalry. He's upset. So yeah, he's all like, you know, his hair looks like shit. His fur looks Matty.
0: So you say you're saying the tiger has mental problems and that affected how they animated him?
1: Yeah, I think they painted that through, be like, okay, he's kind of crazy.
0: You know, not crazy, but he's having
1: a hard time and he doesn't feel loved. And you can literally see that in his mulched fur. (laughs) He's upset. He's not having a good time.
0: His matted mess of a fucking fur job. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I understood why they made him look like that, but I probably would have understood the point they were making without the mulched fur.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like, even though they all look pretty much CGI, I thought the CGI on the other animals was working pretty well. Like, the parrot, you know, Emma Thompson looks good as the parrot. I
1: think that was the best CGI animal. Yeah. Yeah, was the, was her. Um, I... I mean, the CGI stuff uh, aside real fast. I was stuck on the fact that why is the gorilla afraid of confrontation or just afraid in general? I couldn't quite get behind that. He's just no. just a big fucking scaredy cat and he's...
0: You just want the gorilla to be the gorilla. Yeah. Fucking take that blonde woman. Because you're a gorilla. Take her to the top of the Empire State Building.
1: Exactly. King Kong that shit. Own it. Yeah, like fuck. Come on.
0: How about when he starts his fight? Because he starts, he starts the fight with the tiger, and he's like, he's fight, he's actively fighting the tiger while he's screaming. It's okay to be scared.
1: Like he obviously is not quite ready to be in that situation, but his buddy's in trouble. So, and then well, and that's Emma the Thompson's thing about this movie.
0: That's the thing about this movie. Is this movie. It's not that there aren't character arcs. I guess you can say that Doolittle grows over the span of this movie, but he grows from a depressed introvert to an introvert. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like he's still the same person his depression to to a sad introvert. He's not
0: depressed. Now he's just sad. Yeah. I don't know. All right, let's take one more break and when we come back we'll finish out do a little... Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll just finish it out. I'm selling it to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. Go ahead and check out 2-T-Fitness. Tina Bernard has got you for all your needs. I know her personally. She's fantastic. You're not gonna meet a better person to help you become the new you. Check it out. And we are back yet again, Chu and I. We are talking about Doolittle. Chu? I think I might have just figured out this movie. Okay. It seems to me that if you were in the neighborhood of three to five, maybe six years old, you would really like this movie. And I don't think it's made for anybody else but that age range.
1: I would agree. But you made a movie for an age group that doesn't have a job and so therefore can't contribute. (laughs) To your profit?
0: I don't hear a lot of clamor from advertisers of trying to gather the three to five-year-old age range. (laughs) That's not the market you really hear a lot about. No. (laughs) And therein lies the problem with this movie. Yeah. The thing about making any kid's movie... I mean, even the cartoons I watched when I was a kid, when you go back and watch them as, adu- as an adult, you realize all the jokes that were there for adults that just went over your head yeah. when you were a kid.
1: SpongeBob SquarePants, case in point. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to edit out a uh, dog bark.
0: Sorry. The dog bark okay. stays. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm right, oh, yeah. right? I mean, doesn't like doesn't it seem like this movie was made for three year olds?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: I don't know why that choice would be made. I can't reconcile that with intelligence, but <laughs> but it seems to be the choice that was made. You know,
1: if the movie was originally made for that age group, then they automatically knew, and be like, we don't have to make this good. We just have to make it good enough <laughs> for a six year old. Yeah. So.
0: But when you're spending $175 million, that's a, dollars. Much. That's a bit much for saying. The toddler. Five year olds will love this. <laughs>
1: yeah. They don't care how much money you spent.
0: I mean, it's as though everybody involved had a three year old to five year old child. That was banging on keys to write this movie. (laughs) Actually, that reminds me. One of the favorite things I found on this was on Rotten Tomatoes. Who is this reviewer? I don't know IGN movies, but Christy Puchko. This is what she wrote. Doolittle is structured like it was written by a room full of monkeys lazily banging on typewriters between (laughs) shit-slinging, then cut together by... then (laughs) Then cut together by a blind man with broken fingers.
1: I agree.
0: If it didn't make so much sense and aptly describe exactly what this movie is... I would say she went too far.
1: Um, yeah.
0: I couldn't stop laughing for like five minutes when I read that.
1: That person sounds upset. <laughs> really upset. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody involved in this movie, like you said, has a small child and then contributed to the material With, oh, my three-year-old loves this type of stuff. We should put that in there. Oh, my five-year-old thinks this is funny, so we should put Mm -hmm. that in. Then everyone just put it all in, and then that's what you got.
0: Oh, man. What would you think? So, yeah, I mean, like, we're at Pirate Island, and what ends up happening is, what's his name, Michael Sheen? Dr. Blair Mudfly? Or is it Moodfly? He it says
1: Mudfly. Because at at first I didn't know what he was talking about. And then they cut to Michael Sheen. And I was like, oh, okay, that's his name.
0: But he also made a big deal at the beginning about there being like an umlau or something over...
1: What's an umlau?
0: The two dots. Did you have it with... Over the U, I think. Oh, I
1: actually didn't watch this with subtitles. (laughs) Because...
0: Yeah. For once. Well, I had
1: to watch it on the computer because HBO Max wasn't working and I couldn't sign in, couldn't watch anything. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to, I'm going to have to buy this fucking movie because Amazon wouldn't even let you rent it. It would only let you buy it. And I thought, fuck. So I,
0: wait, did yes. you buy this
1: movie? $15. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm upset. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> and I should have watched it last night because I'm sure that HBO Max was working last night. But I wanted to watch it this morning because then I could remember it. And I made a mistake—a fifteen dollar mistake.
0: Oh man, that's—I'm—I'm I'm not sure anything's ever made me happier than the idea that you had to—you contributed.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did. This is the first movie I've purchased for the podcast. To this
0: movie yeah. making money.
1: Well, I texted you. I got to buy it. I'm going to have to buy it. It's the only way I can watch it.
0: Oh, wow. So that's fun. <laughs> Super disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> your your husband just texted me. What did he say? He said, she's a 90-year-old in a 30-year-old's body. Technology ain't her thing.
1: (laughs) We had an (laughs) issue. But then he realized it wasn't my fault. (sighs) It's his login for HBO Max and his login for the AT&T bullshit. And his password is different for every single fucking login thing. But they're all kind of similar. I know he can hear me. I know you can (laughs) fucking hear me. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Pissed. Uh, I texted him while he was in the bathroom. I need help. <laughs> 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 That's a true story.
0: <sighs> I'm so happy right now.
1: <laughs> I don't even know where we were at.
0: Hi, <laughs> uh, me either. We were, what well, we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I remember Mudfly.
0: He won't stop. He said, she ruined my first poop of the day. (laughs)
1: I'm sorry. (laughs) Very sorry.
0: So we were on Pirate Island and Michael Sheen gets the journal, which for some reason, the journal has the secret to where to get the, the special berry from the tree that's protected by a dragon, which apparently nobody knew about.
1: I didn't know about it.
0: <laughs> no, of course not.
1: <laughs> because everything's a surprise in this movie.
0: Oh, man. So they get to where they need to find it. And there's this big fight with the dragon. And then, of course, because he's doolittle, all he needs to do is release shit from her colon. <laughs> So she can fart, <laughs> and then I'll get the berry.
1: <laughs> you know that's what? That's
0: the big If we joke. got any
1: listeners who haven't watched the movie, who are, you know, are, still, who are listening? still listening, one who haven't seen the movie too, <laughs> and you might think, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Surely that's not in the movie.
0: That's yeah, we're not exaggerating. That happened. <laughs> it's what happens. Oh man. <laughs> So Much and then, well, so but then they get the berry, and then they, you know, what's funny It's like, I think this movie is only like an hour and 45 minutes long. Which, by the way,
1: thank God, thank
0: God, if this was an over two hour movie, I really would have been text upset. Do.
1: I don't think I can do it. <laughs> can we pick another movie?
0: <laughs> but what's hysterical is. You have the beginning part where everybody's sort of introduced. That's maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then you have a strong hour and 20 minutes, which is on the boat for 43 fucking days. And then Pirate Island for another 73 days. And then with the dragon for maybe 20 days. And then the very next scene... They're back in England. Yeah,
1: they just magically get there in time. (laughs) They
0: just magically appear. They get back to England super quick and super easy to save the queen, but they save the queen via an elaborate football play, (laughs) near as I can tell. For sure. Right? It involves Doolittle dropping back. Who catches it? The kid? But doesn't an animal catch it first? An animal like one yeah, of the mice the or something? Yeah, the
1: little rodent that hangs out in his hair. True story. <laughs>
0: oh, that's right. It was hidden in his yeah. beard. And then the mouse itself had a beard as well. But that
1: was a positive point, by the way. I liked that he had the the mouse had been in there so long, he grew a beard.
0: That's a positive <laughs> know, point for I liked you. It. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are dragging the bottom of the fucking barrel for positive points at that point. <laughs> if you don't mind my saying so.
1: Well, this was a bottom-of-the-barrel <laughs> movie, so it seems <sighs> fitting.
0: Yeah, you didn't have a choice. I have a bottom-of-the-barrel positive point, actually, that I didn't notice until just now. There's something where the ostrich and the polar bear are arguing back and forth. They're still on Pirate Island. And... The ostrich at one point says, uh, well, what bear stuff can you do? And the bear roars yep. right in his face. And Kumail at that moment says, okay, you win this round. It was good. <laughs> but in that sort of dry yeah. tone, I don't know. It yeah. got to chuckle out Not of like me.
1: Not like a full laugh out loud, but it was like, huh, yeah. No. See what they did there.
0: Yeah. My note, by the way, is for this other thing is, Football play berry juice. <laughs> and then next to it I wrote, do not appreciate.
1: <laughs> I agree. Totally unnecessary. <laughs> Although berry juice could be like a um, football, it could be a football play, like a code word. Berry juice. <laughs> they huddle. Like an audible? Like, All right. Like berry, audible? Juice.
0: All right. berry juice, yeah. berry juice. That's like Peyton Manning's Omaha. Oh yeah. <laughs> Instead of Omaha, berry juice. I like it. Well, no, I don't.
1: <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> That's the same as stupid. So,
0: yeah, the kid, the squid, the kid squeezes the juice onto the queen's lips, which apparently is enough to <laughs> to, to get rid of the poison. And the next thing you know, By the way, part of the reason Doolittle went on this adventure at all was because the queen's child told him that his sanctuary, which, by the way, looks like, you know, a home built in India, that it was only going to be available to him so long as the queen is alive. I fully expected this sad sack Doolittle to say, I get that place in perpetuity. I saved your life. So it's not just so you're as long as you're alive. It's just mine forever. Never came up.
1: Yeah, that should have been addressed.
0: But more alarming than that, Chew, is at the very end of this movie where they close the doors to his sanctuary and it has a new sign at the front that says... You know that he's whatever, Doctor Doolittle. Bring all animals, and then it says also will consider far-flung voyages and magical adventures. Inquire within, which to me denotes that this movie thought there was going to be another one of these. That's
1: a good point, and I fucking hope not.
0: That's hubris. <laughs> wow. It is. <laughs> You are on the skinny part of the fucking branch if you thought you were gonna make a second one of these.
1: But they somehow made a profit.
0: Okay, the last thing I want to talk about you. Sequel. Yeah. The credits. Oh god. Did you watch through the credits? I did. Did you notice the digital artists? No. There is a point in the credits where digital artists come up. And you know in credits when they have like a name and then a dot and then another name and a dot in between each name. So basically there would be six to seven or eight names across the screen. The digital artists, from the time it starts from the bottom of the screen to when the last digital artist leaves the top of the screen lasted a full minute and five seconds. Stop it. One full minute and five seconds of digital artists for all these fucking animals.
1: Well, that's where most of the budget went. They had to pay all of those people.
0: Think about that. A full minute of just watching digital artist names. Wow. And then I got offended all over again.
1: Absolutely, because you had all those people and that's what you guys decided right.
0: on? Bunch of skunk fucks. Uh,
1: I mean, the digital effects weren't terrible, like they were fine. Yeah. They were, they were fine. We've seen worse. Case in point, Van Helsing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hated that movie so much. I just banished its name from my memory.
1: <laughs> yeah, couldn't even remember. No. It. What's that one movie we hated? Van Helsing. Um, the yeah, the effects weren't bad. I think I'm just upset about the plot, and the acting.
0: <laughs> and the directing.
1: <laughs> and the directing. <laughs> I'm upset about a lot of choices, <laughs> but the effects aren't at the, at the top of the list.
0: That's true. But it's just, it's too much is what it is. This movie is yeah, completely relying on that to be interesting, and it's not interesting enough, not nearly.
1: I mean, he must have been completely surrounded by green screen right. or blue screen, whatever the difference is. Like, you really had to use your imagination. And that's got to be fucking hard.
0: Well, also, I think part of it is. I don't know. It's weird. I think there was something where Robert Downey Jr. I think he's somewhere in between completely believing the reality of all these animals around him and feeling far removed from anything real being near him. It's like. It's almost as though I could see him trying really hard, and yet it still wasn't working.
1: Yeah, I think he probably did the best he could, given the circumstances. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) I obviously said that, and then I doubted myself immediately. (laughs) Well,
0: (laughs) the listeners will have to be the judge of that. Let's leave it at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is there a drinking game for this movie?
1: Oh god. You can drink every time you wish it was over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I even want to say one. That's it. That's the drinking game. Yeah. We're not gonna even have a contest, Chew. That's the one.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: you and I might have to watch this again, just to, just, just for to that. For that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Ooh, I gotta tell you, I think I'll get tipsy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Otherwise, you like the movie.
0: <laughs> All right, let's call it a day, shall we? Yes, we've done good work.
1: Please. Yeah, this was. We made
0: this movie as interesting as it possibly could be. So listen to us while you watch the movie. I say. All right. Well, for Lady Chew, I am Michael Schantz. We will see you next week for a brand new shitty movie. Say goodbye to the good people, Chew.
1: Good day. Good day. Not
0: angry. Was, not with anger. No, no, it, doesn't be, it,
1: became... it doesn't have to be just
0: It doesn't have to be dripping with venom. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you?
1: No, I think I got mad about this movie for a moment. <laughs> like it came through subconsciously. Ugh, bye.
0: Saying as though you're going to be happy to see them all next week.
1: <laughs> no, really. Thank you for listening. <laughs> and um, if you liked this movie, you can keep that opinion to yourself.
0: No, you can go ahead and find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, <laughs> or send us an email to the Everything Sequel Podcast at gmail.com and let us know. Please. Rate and review us. It really helps. We want to climb the charts, don't we, Chew? Yes. All right. So
1: I guess I need to be nicer. Yeah, so quit
0: being such a dick.
1: (laughs) People are going to be like, God, she's fucking mean. (laughs) I don't mean to be.
0: That's why we love you. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you go punch your husband in the (laughs) nutsack.
1: I'm not going to do that.
0: Why not? He deserves it.
1: Uh he would argue that I deserve it to be
0: punched in punched your nuts in sack?
1: nutsack. <laughs> I don't have one of those.
0: He said she ruined my first poop of the day. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he means you or his shit.
1: <laughs> I said I was fucking sorry. Jesus. All right. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm ready.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So long, everybody.
1: All right, bye.